This is the Oil and Gas Startups Podcast, where we showcase emerging technology and the stories of industry founders, investors, and leaders with your hosts, Jake Corley and Colin McClelland. What is going on, Digital Wildcatters? Welcome back to the show. Kicking things off for 2020 and the last guest in our old studio before we move into our new digs in downtown Houston, we sat down with Kyle Chapman and Jacob Avery of Mineral. These guys are really onto something, and I don't want to spoil it for you, but after we get off the mic, we sat on and talked for probably at least two hours with these guys, and we realized that Kyle and I actually met some six years ago when I was in my first startup, and he was at Seneca Resources. We were trying to, to get them to come on board, um, so it's really cool to see how things have come full circle. What a great episode, uh, but really quickly, before we get into the episode... This episode is brought to you by Task. Now, as many of you know, I've worked with numerous EMPs throughout my career. I think everyone would agree that the operating game is rather chaotic at times and definitely a logistical nightmare. There are a million things that have to be done on a daily, weekly, and monthly basis. And once you factor in failures and downtime, it creates a never-ending list of things that have to be completed in a certain order. If you listen to episode 54, we dive deep into how Task is a simple yet modern approach to production optimization. Many operators today are using a lot of buzzwords around machine learning and AI and things of the sort, but I've overlooked getting back to the basics of simple organization. What I like about Task is they've taken a unique approach to production optimization by focusing on task management, hence the name, right? By going back to the basics, it allows you to know what everyone's working on, automatically assign tasks, and enables you to not let things slip through the cracks. So we're super excited to see what the guys at Task are creating. You can check them out at taskinc.com. That's T-A-S-Q-I-N-C.com. Or we've put their contact info in the show notes below if you'd like to reach out to them directly. What's going on, Digital Wildcatters? Welcome back to another episode. Colin, who we got today? We got Mineral One on the show. What's up, guys? Is it M1 Mineral? We just go by Mineral. I should have asked you guys that because I thought it was Mineral. Well, dude, it's better this way because no one knows. Okay, so yeah. let's just yeah, let's, <laughs> let's get it out there. And, and right. How do we correctly pronounce it? So it's just Mineral. Just Mineral. Just mineral for okay. right now. But it has a one in the... It does. Okay. See, we were, we were trying to be clever, oh, but what we didn't you. learn is like everyone <laughs> would start interpret a confusion. it that way. <laughs> right. but, but hey, man, sometimes bad pub right. is good pub, right? right. So everyone's right. like, what the hell is your name? Well... You know, at least you remember it, right? So. Yeah, no, I, re- I remember and that's it actually for why sure. We I remember it, it for sure. And now I'm going to remember it even more because I'm like, <laughs> no, it's not mineral one, it's just mineral. And now I sound like a dumbass going out on the podcast episode saying it wrong. So, so now that we know how to say it, what do you guys do? High level, 30,000 foot view. Yeah, first introduce yourselves. Yeah, Kyle Chapman, co founder of Mineral, and Jacob Avery over there next to me. So we got one other co founder, guy named Sean Cutter out of Florida. So he couldn't make it today. Okay. So what do you guys do? 40,000 foot. Yeah, man. We we try to make mineral and royalty transactions happen a lot faster and smoother. So if you you try to buy minerals and royalties today, I would say it's probably the most complicated thing that you can buy in the world. It's painful, right? Extremely. Extremely fragmented. (laughs) You're calling Billy Bob Farmer out. If you can even find Billy Bob, yeah, you got to find him first. You got to find him first. You got to vet him. You got to qualify. So you spend all this hours of work trying to find them to buy Mm -hmm. them, and then you give them calling, tells you, you know, go kick rocks, screw you, I'm not selling. And then you find a title attorney to tell you, yeah, this guy actually owns it. But this is just my opinion. I don't really, you know, I don't really have any actual like proof. Yeah, (laughs) man. So what a lot of people don't know is that we are the only country in the world that has actual mineral owners, right? Every other country is state-owned oil. Mm -hmm. So we are very, very different in that regard. Do you guys have any idea? I'm sure you do. How many mineral owners do we have in the U.S.? 
over 12 million unique mineral owners wow. over across uh, anywhere million. between 600 to uh, 600 billion to a trillion dollars of value depending on who you ask and what the price of oil and gas is so. that's wild 12 million individual users and then there's not a database for right, that, no. right? No. So you can't just go you can't go look it up and, and file through these guys. So let's talk about just so anyone that's listening that's not familiar with how mineral funds work and how the, the entire process works. Let's talk about the separation of mineral uh, minerals and surface and then how you make money on minerals and just the entire process of buying them. Because, I mean, you go into some of these bigger mineral funds and they just got, you know, war rooms of people on the phones, you know, college interns yeah. or whoever it is, landmen making phone calls. So let's talk about the old model first, mm-hmm. give people a picture of how this business has been ran traditionally. And then we can talk about what you guys are doing to, to change it and improve it and uh, increase the efficiency and speed of transactions. So who wants to take the lead? Let's, let's talk about I'll how, go first. Yeah, go ahead. This guy always takes the lead. He's, he's one <laughs> that takes the lead. to talk. Let's go. Yeah. No, so, uh, I mean, look, traditionally, you want to go buy these assets. If wells are producing in an area, if you're in a state like Texas, the first place almost everyone starts is tax rolls. So you make money on something, the government wants their money. They're going to tax you. So there's some record of a lease ID that ties you back to some general geography that you know the production came from this area. So what people do a lot of time is just literally go through, sort through this tax roll for county A, B, C, D. There's 212-ish counties in Texas that that report this stuff. They do it manually, and they do a big mail merge and send out 10,000, 100,000 letters, have interns stuffing letters, putting putting, Mm -hmm. address labels on them, et cetera, and send stuff out. Less than 1% hit rate, probably less than half percent hit rate if they're real with themselves. Wow. And that's where these armies come into play that you're talking about. It's like I have ground floor people going out there trying to find these people. And it, it takes a lot of effort, a lot of back office kind of manpower. So what people eventually have to do is you you buy these assets, you kind of group them together, and then you sell them as a group to this yeah. next fund. And they're buying these groups of assets. And then they you know, mark them up 100% and sell them up the chain and it keeps going up and up and up. Yeah. So on the larger end, the guys that deploy billion plus dollars, I more times than not, they don't buy anything direct, like on the ground floor. It's always from someone that's aggregated. Yeah, mm-hmm. And that kind of leads to, you know, some of the problems that we're having in the industry today with the capital structure, right? Mm-hmm. Because you have these smaller guys that are really cutting their teeth, doing the groundwork of pulling these assets, and then they're marking it up, selling it to the next guy right. that has more money. And they're doing the same thing at a different level, and it keeps going up the chain at a premium. And then all of a sudden, you have these costs that are yeah. just <laughs> it's absurd, uh, right? outrageous for many thousand dollars an acre. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, so that, you know, it kind of becomes a problem, right? That there's not more efficiency in the market. That Correct. You're having all these middlemen it's, and premiums. It's highly inefficient. And then also what it does is it means the big guys can't go after any of the smaller assets, really. Because yeah. I don't have the ability to, to, to go source these things very quickly. I have such a ba- big back office burden. Yeah. And I imagine these mineral owners, so since it's publicly available on the tax rolls, I'm sure they're just getting bombarded oh. by calls all the time, <laughs> right? So Absolutely. It's funny. My, my cousin runs a big, or not big, it's you know, decent sized middle fund out in West Texas. And, uh, my dad's a landman. And so he mm-hmm. was working with him for a while. And he's like, man, your dad has some special talent. He's like, I'd hear him on the phone. And as soon as that mineral owner would pick up, he's like, fuck you. I'm not selling. He's like, I'd walk back there 45 minutes later and your dad's still on the phone with them and they're best friends. Yeah. <laughs> 
So yeah, my dad's got a way of talking. I think that's I think that's where I got it from. Like I just talk. That's why I'm a good podcaster. I can just talk. Hey, you gotta go with what you know, man. Yeah. So yeah, you know, you get these these big armies calling. You know, there's just a lot of friction between buyers and sellers because the sellers, you know, you got armies mm-hmm. of them um, working, calling, bugging these people, mm-hmm. and then they're irritated by it. So then, you know, there's a lot of friction in that process right. as well. Yeah. So and for some reason, all mineral owners don't have social media either. You ever tried to read some no, yeah. mineral owners on social <laughs> very, media? Very, very, very seldom, right? So it's very much handshake deals, you know, pen and paper, not a lot of electronics on there in today. But a lot of that's because the information asymmetry that exists, right? Yeah. Uh, if you're buying these things, you got a lot of information because you invested in services uh, to, to acquire data, put things together. The sell side almost has nowhere to go. There is no Zillow for these guys to go Do to. Do you guys have any demographic data? Of mineral oh, owners? Yeah. Yes. Like, what is the average age of a mineral owner? Uh, today, it's... I'd have to look that up. I, I don't actually so, know the exact number of that, but mm-hmm. it's it's actually becoming younger, uh, obviously, every yeah, year, right? Yeah. Because these things get passed they down. They get passed down, yeah. But, right. I mean, the average age of the people that sell uh, m- depends on your strategy, but most people tell you it's the 25 to 35, just had some life event, et cetera. Like, you have a, yeah. a, a high hit rate on that, mm-hmm. and then you have, yeah. at the other end of the spectrum, people that are kind of looking to cash out and, and take retirement, do their thing, like... That, that's also a pretty good strategy for yeah. others. And honestly, it really does come, it's it's the same thing as real estate. I mean, it comes down to life events. Like if I'm looking for a flip house, the best deals I'm going to find are some motivated seller. It's it's fundamentally the same thing. It's just how can you identify those people maybe yeah. a little earlier, a little more streamlined and than what people do now, which is just, I'm going to just blast an area and hope I get lucky. Yeah, you talked about the information asymmetry on the sell side, and I imagine this is something you see a lot. So a landman approaches a mineral owner, you know, it's old 60-year-old Susie out in West Texas, and she's mm-hmm. like, well, I don't know what this is worth. I'm going to call up, you know, my friend or an attorney and, you know, see, hey, what do I have here? What's it worth? And then you run into this issue where you have this bid-ask spread, mm-hmm. you know, an issue where she's like, well, I think it's worth you know, $500,000. And you're like, well, no, it's realistically worth two $200,000. And then, you know, I think men get a bad rap sometimes too, mm-hmm. because everyone thinks that they're trying to screw them. But at the end of the day, it's a business, right? And you got to be able to make a profit somewhere in that spread. Right. And sometimes you get into situations too, where like you, you have literally two mineral assets right next to each other, but they have different properties that aren't exactly obvious. Like it might be a permit or something oh, nearby. Yeah. So somebody hears from their neighbor, like, Hey, I'm, I got this price on my minerals. So they think theirs is worth that, but it's just fundamentally not. Yeah, yeah. It, without a place to go, like right. you know, there is no Zillow for this, right? So you can't just like pull something up and say, "Hey, here's the characteristics of my asset. What is like that in this area in the last twelve months it sold?" That just doesn't mm-hmm. exist, right? So it, it becomes a well, I think it's worth this, and I'm staunchly holding. Order. <laughs> right. So I mean, I honestly think that people that are more educated are better to do business with, right? Yeah. You don't yeah. want to do business with people that are uneducated about a topic because it's dangerous for both sides. They're either yeah. going to be that stalemate or they're going to just make bad decisions that put you at risk. Yeah. I mean, it's way easier to get a deal done when both sides know the parameters right. of the totally. value, right? And you can operate within those parameters totally. instead of having someone, you know, way outside. So, do, so you, do you guys consider yourselves mineral intelligence or a mineral marketplace? So, or is it a com- I mean, some kind of combination? Yeah. Of both? It's, I think it's a combination of both, right? Okay. So two-sided, two-sided marketplace is extremely hard to build in mm-hmm. unison. 
uh, unique opportunity we have here is that the buy side really needs some tools to bring them up to the 21st century. So we've started with a buy side. We built okay. information intelligence, some workflow automation, et cetera, to speed them up. But every step of the way, you get closer to the actual transaction. Mm-hmm. So at some point, we actually view that we'll go end-to-end transaction management and, and help people do it in a better, smarter way, like DocuSign and type workflow. Let's, let's, right? let's, let's back that up a little bit. So just general overview of why people buy. Why do people buy minerals? I mean, they're buying it to essentially they want to be ahead of a drilling schedule, right? So the whole thesis is, hey, if we can buy mineral rights in this area, mm-hmm. hopefully XYZ oil company will come in and drill and we'll, we'll have the minerals, right? So mm-hmm. when they're... Looking at doing that, so you know, you talk about having the marketplace, but right now we're focusing on the analytics and tools for the buyers. Right. So, are you guys are you guys looking at that lower level layer of the guys that are actually kind of pooling the the interest initially, the smaller mm-hmm. guys? Um, is this what your tool or your platform is kind of built for, or is it? for everybody is it for the big buyers yeah so i think that the unique challenge here is that it it would be hard to play all sides of all pieces right yeah in theory but what's what is unique is that all of this is data that you can sort through on a map Mm -hmm. whether it's a 10 million dollar deal or a five thousand dollar deal and what we're aiming to do is just help both the low end and the higher end guys. So higher end guys, you're going to be doing more portfolio analysis type stuff, but you still want to bring information to the table that you can see and visualize. And mm-hmm. we're able to do that. So we provide some base level set of information from our data providers and, and partnerships we have in place. We, we have a way to visualize that, but we also allow you to bring some of your own intelligence to the table. So we think that yours plus ours gives you a better answer than just yours or ours. Right. It's, mm-hmm. it's actually, you're asking a really, really good question. And I think it's almost like we provide a feature set that basically will work for, for anybody. Um, and intel- so I consider us for right now, step one, more of an intelligence platform because the thesis is you start providing that intelligence and it gets really frictionless to start making transactions. Mm-hmm. So to, to do that, these features that we're basically building in, you know, if I'm a giant portfolio company, I can use them in a little bit of a different way. Or if I'm, you know, a ground floor landman, I can use them in a little bit of a different yeah. way. So ground floor landman, how could I speed him up? Well, if I give him some idea of who owns what and what interest and generally what they're probably worth, just on a basic decline with using some pricing assumptions for producing assets, not undeveloped assets. Now, all of a sudden he has like, exactly what he can just kind of export out and go his traditional channel of mailing if he wants he can do some digital marketing he can just go find the addresses for all these folks and go bang <laughs> yeah, on all run, the doors run right? some facebook ads again totally so you so, made a comment right there talking about if they're targeting producing assets or undeveloped so real quick can you just uh, explain to our audience you know what the difference is between the two assets and if you guys are focusing on one or the other right now yeah, yeah, great question. So producing assets, I think of those as houses that exist on the market today that are out there that could be for sale or are for sale, right? Undeveloped are the lots or maybe tear down areas that you might find a developer go in and want to put a new structure on. So undeveloped hasn't been, you know, developed yet, no no producing assets on it, or at least not in those zones where those rights are being sold. Yeah. Uh, so producing you have existing wells that mm-hmm. are cash flowing, producing Correct. oil, undeveloped is hey, potential hydrocarbons. Correct. But yep. we haven't drilled yet to Producing wells are rent houses, right? They're streams (laughs) of money that that send you mailbox money in theory. Yeah. So So you guys, are you focusing only on producing assets right now or? 
that's the main focus for right now because we're pulling in a lot of different data sources and most of those data sources have to do with the producing assets but yeah. we do provide things that can help you derive intelligence on on who are what, who are the data sources and what kind of data are you guys pulling in i mean is this um stuff from you know online or what do they call them digital courthouses and things like that um it, so we've been pretty diligent about looking to uh, leverage partners where applicable so on the uh, we have a partnership with Well Database on the producing asset side. They Shout out to like, John Farrell, Well Database. <laughs> yeah, those great guys guy. are great. They, uh, they've got good tech and, and they're easy to work with. So yeah, we like for them. sure. Uh, there's a couple other sources that that are publicly available just from Railroad Commission and what, mm -hmm. whatnot. Um, some of them are private data sources that, that we've either purchased or not have a formal partnership with. Yeah. We have the right to kind of aggregate it all together. And then uh, some of it's proprietary data. So one of our investors and strategic partners uh, – main line of business is a uh, land services company. So they have access to a lot of information and mm -hmm. intelligence around title and pricing, et cetera, for undeveloped because that's what they do day in, day out. So, Very cool. Yeah. So before we I have so many questions, before we go further, let's get some backstory on both of you. All right. As well as we'll talk a little bit about your third partner as well and his kind of experience. People can kind of get to know you guys a little bit more. Sure. Then we can dive more into what you guys are working on. Yeah, absolutely. I'll start. Um, my background, I, I was an engineer by study, bad engineer, biomedical engineer, went straight <laughs> to work in uh, energy tech, right? So uh, it had nothing to do with what I studied, jumped in, worked for a company that was doing a lot of- Why did you, how, you got to, you're, right. you're missing a big gap there. Why <laughs> did you go in energy tech? <laughs> Man, you know, I think for me, I looked at it as an opportunity to run fast because when I came into the market, like it was still kind of wild, wild west. Uh, things were moving fast. You could do a lot. You could learn a lot quickly if you're willing to put put up the time and the effort to do that. And I just like the the stories of oil and gas. Like you look at it, it's so boomer bust, right? And mm -hmm. just that mantra of blow and go was when I was coming out, it was like fun and the allure of it attracted me to it. So I kind of cut my teeth on upstream technology, land management, like some of the boring back office stuff that we're looking to eliminate and got to work with some really cool companies along the way and ended up in-house at an operator and was helping them with process improvement, how to run faster, move faster, cross drilling completions teams, all the way back to back office. So that was cool to get to actually see how it was done, go out on the rig sites and look at, hey, how can we make rig moves go faster so we can save money and drill faster, right? Mm -hmm. All that. Then ended up back in the energy tech space. So that's how I met the third partner. Uh, the company acquired his his uh, IoT, really, before they call it IoT. So SCADA, field data capture on the cloud, pretty cool stuff. And help you know take that to market under that umbrella. We worked together for a couple of years, uh, got to know each other pretty well. And then I ended up in, you know, at a big OFS company looking at their... Uh, energy tech stuff and how to take it to the North American market. And this idea had been floating around in my head for a while. And I said, you know what, it's now or never. I'm going to regret it if we don't do it because it's going to happen at some point. And that's how I got introduced to Jacob was through a third partner. So. Yeah. And I told him he was an idiot the first time I met him. I'm <laughs> Straight serious. Up. I really did. So to give you some background, I, I actually grew up in around oil and gas on the downstream side. Um, and then I got this crazy idea that I was interested in aerospace. So I went and kind of got a degree in aerospace engineering and through that process, I was up in Boston to do it, and they- He's I was being in, really, really uh, coy about it, but we give him shit because he went to MIT, so. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was the dumbest <laughs> one there, though, so don't worry about it. But the, like, the way they did it was you have to do this research project. It doesn't have to do with your major. So mine was around artificial intelligence, computer science, all that kind of stuff. So I kind of had to learn it myself, uh, particularly around uh, aerospace stuff, but we also did a little financial stuff, too. 
And afterwards, I basically kind of realized I don't want to become a professor in this. I, mm-hmm. I'm not knocking it. I just didn't like it. So um, I went and started working for startups. I really enjoyed it. Boston was a great scene for startups. Mm-hmm. I got involved with one called Remine on the real estate side. And I was kind of like their first employee, but I was doing a lot of the artificial intelligence, building some of the tech. And the management team was just, they were awesome. Like, they were really cool. The, you know, the leader was the number one Keller Williams broker in the world for a little while. I mean, and I'm just this guy. I literally went to them and said, like, I will work for free. Teach me what you do. Because at the time, I was really interested in the more private equity stuff. Yeah. And I learned a lot from them. And that company got pretty successful. They were kind of doing a very similar thing to what we're doing right now just in the, the real estate space. So I was learning a lot. And then I kind of, at the end of that process, started getting back into the private equity side, started managing projects for oil and gas. So doing all kinds of stuff. And then I met Sean, who's our third partner, at, at Quorum. So this was after Kyle left. And I went up there and started working for him in like the research side of things. But then Quorum got bought by Toma Bravo, mm-hmm. and he left. And I'm like, dude, I want to work with this guy. I know he's doing something cool. So I went and talked with him about it. And we kind of started thinking hey, there's a lot of mineral assets. Let's go see if we can you know, raise a fund, do some private equity type retail stuff and use a bazooka to kind of take this stuff down when everybody else has a little water gun. Mm-hmm. So introduce me to Kyle because they've been talking about it. Kyle mentioned this idea and I'm like, dude, it exists. Like there's no way this doesn't exist, especially because I was thinking about Remind at the time and we, like, we were competing directly with Zillow, with Redfin, with Trulia, all mm-hmm. these places. And we were able to kind of get in a little bit because of the artificial intelligence approach and it, it, it worked out well but in my mind i couldn't wrap my head around like this thing has to exist so kyle challenged me he's like dude i'm telling you this this does not exist you go find it and i'm really stubborn like i'm super hard-headed so i was like all right i'll go find it then <laughs> so, <laughs> so i went so you're googling looking, minerals oh, and what you find went, is nothing right i went every like i swear i'm not joking and i was, was like looking angering for, him he was like i was getting scratching i was getting furious because yeah. like in my head i'm like this thing i know it exists and i couldn't find it so it basically convinced me like all right let's you know this there is really something here let's start building up this tech and again like let's, let's go buy these things let's go invest in these things and through the process, we started, you know, probing the market and um, people were more interested in the tech than they were even in buying the minerals because it's like, I've got a huge pain point. This is a huge problem. Like, can we put money into that? We'd like to have that. So we kind of took a step back and spun it up more on the tech side of things. But it was like we backed our way into it, which was kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, and it was just a big hole in the market. I think we kind of stumbled upon, but uh, we had the right people to fill. Yeah, it's really interesting what's happening in the mineral space. I had a CEO of a large mineral fund, um, I don't know, maybe six, seven months ago, hit me up and it's like, hey, you know, I want to build out and I can't find anything on the market. I want to build out <laughs> something internally. Can you help consult me uh-huh. and help me build a team? That was the and second mineral fund that it, asked us. Yeah, yeah, second <laughs> yeah, mineral fund. No, this dude, one was just, I mean, like, there's probably 10 more that are going to call you. Yeah, yeah totally. Episode. Like, right, it, so. it is unbelievable. I, I swear, I was spinning myself out trying to find like this exists someone is out there doing it and i couldn't like there wasn't anything out there that was there was people doing little pieces of the puzzle which are important but no one was putting the puzzle together yeah so and that's really what we kind of started jumping after so so do you guys are y'all competitors to other platforms like um title flow or um 
else we have? Tracks. Mm-hmm. Tracks, yeah. yeah. Or, or are they compliments? Are they like little niche I would call pieces? It, I would call it compliments. So like literally what we're trying to leverage as much as we can that already exists. So yeah. to me, it's like there's people who are really, really good at doing, like I said, pieces of the puzzle. Yeah. I'm not going to go try to be better than them at that. Yeah. What, but what yeah. I could do is streamline these processes for different people. And people use these things in different ways. Mm-hmm. So if you can intelligently kind of bring this stuff together in a better way, well, now you have like a workflow automation tool. Yeah. And that, to me, marches kind of towards the intelligence beat. Yeah. Yeah, that's, um, that's you know, I, I talked to that, that CEO of that mineral fund. And the problem is... This isn't mineral, just mineral funds, but it's EMPs too. Is mm-hmm. you got to focus on what you're good at, right? Yeah. And yep. you're an oil company or you're a mineral <laughs> fund. Focus on that. My you know, whole career, a- I spent that you know <laughs> that time going in and saying, guys, that's cool what you've built, but what are you good at? And what percentage of your headcount do you really want to spend on supporting an application versus leveraging something commercial? It's it's mm-hmm. the age old battle with EMP. Specifically, E and P, and now starting to be mineral buyers because it's, it's very popular and a lot of money's flowing into. It, is like, well, we want to have control and we want to do it. Okay, well, that comes at a cost, right? Is there something off the shelf that you can customize a little bit, but leverage the maintenance mm-hmm. of, if, of if everyone? If you work for an E and P and you guys are developing software, you're wrong. Yeah, yeah. You shouldn't yeah, be doing that. You should. Right. You have a lot more important things to be focusing on. Yeah, I mean, there's so many companies now out there that can get you point A to point B faster that are commercially available on the NP side, you're right. It's just mm-hmm. crazy at this point. Yeah. yeah. Going back to your point of talking about how there's no way this couldn't exist. You know, <laughs> I've been shouting this for the last few years about, you know, there's just this huge opportunity in oil and gas tech mm-hmm. because you can look at things that have been done in other industries oh, absolutely. and then apply it to oil mm-hmm. and gas. It's, I mean, it, it's the almost. The first thing I tell people who who don't fundamentally understand minerals is, you do you not understand real estate? Answer always yes. Well, yeah. literally, take your house, flip it upside down, put it put underground, it in the dirt. and, and it's exactly about, the same. And have about thirty five right. owners in your house, yeah. and, and then you got real estate right, right. under the ground. <laughs> and got I've got to buy it from three hundred people now instead of one. But it's the same thing. And then you look at kind of real estate twenty years ago, thirty years ago, and that's kind of where we're at. Yeah, and it's like I mean, we don't we don't have to reinvent the wheel. We like, can literally you, know, you do look all at some the of these thing. bigger real estate companies like a Zillow, and right. you look at I mean, if you go read the the Zillow book and what they're doing, I mm-hmm. mean that that book came out I don't know fucking eight years ago or <laughs> <Yeah>. something, and <laughs> right. so you can look at oh hey they did this now how right. can we apply this to oil and gas? The and secret, I mean, there's so right. many yeah. use cases. The I mean, I almost feel, we're not that smart. Yeah, I was gonna so, say I feel bad because <laughs> we're not that smart, so we we look at what works and we just try to steal it from another industry. Well, we're not gonna go figure. Something that's out. what, that's what I've been saying is like you don't have to be right. like that intelligent. It's like, hey, this worked in this other industry. Yeah, totally. Oil and gas is right. ten years yeah. behind. Let's apply it to right. this. So I mean, think, almost... I mean, think, think about it, right? You go buy a house circa nineteen ninety five. A broker comes to your house and says, "Hey, here are four options for you to go look at in a binder, probably with pictures." Right? Mm-hmm. You go, okay, cool, and they're, they're listed at this much. Well, is that a good deal? I don't know. I mean, that's just what it's listed at. Well, now I'm going to go and tell you what you should sell your house for. <laughs> and you have no line of sight into like what's going on around you other than what they tell you. So trading real estate was pretty scary back then. So there's a reason five, 6% of the market traded 
and now like 12 plus percent a year trades, right? Because it's a lot easier. It's a lot less scary. Mm -hmm. So we're trying to make mineral buying easy and sexy and, and not scary, right? So even if you look at like uh, public equities, I'd just mm -hmm. written a post about this the other day because you look at what Robinhood has done to public equity mm -hmm. markets where, okay, we have no, no trading fees. Okay. So now Fidelity and all the major brokers are doing that. But like you think about what it took to buy a stock in the 90s and yeah what maybe what, what inspired me to write this post was i had listened to all, all of peter lynch's books um mm -hmm. over the last few weeks and obviously i don't know when these were written but it had to be early 90s and so you know he's talking about like oh we got devices now that can hook up to satellite and you can see real-time <laughs> stock tickers and but he was just talking about the process of buying stocks and you didn't have access to information so you couldn't, you know, get on your Fidelity account and have access mm -hmm. to equity reports, uh, research reports from the investment banks. You didn't have, you know, all this real-time information. You had all these fees. Mm -hmm. And just think about it, and it's almost foreign to, you know, people our age. But to think about buying stocks back then, it was a pain in the ass. Like, you yeah, couldn't totally. do it. You had to have a broker. Yeah. And, and they so, mail you a certificate. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and then what you lose that? it, that's right? Yeah. So what and is so, that? So, you know, now you're looking. I mean, I can pull out my fucking Robinhood app, and right. I can buy a dollar worth <clears> of Amazon shares if I wanted to. Totally, you know, they yeah. fractionalized it and I can get all the research. And so you, you look at it applied to the public markets, real estate, oil and gas. We still do it the old way, right? Correct. And it's just, it's mind boggling. It really is mind boggling. And it's just like, it doesn't take much to disrupt something that's that antiquated. It yeah. really doesn't. I mean, like I said, we're not that smart. I mean, I can't trust this guy to figure something out. <laughs> so we, we just look at what's out there and we can, oh, yeah, we can take that, 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 and that. And that helps streamline this whole process significantly. I mean, even just having like a, a curating a database of, right. you know, that you could search it. I <laughs> yeah. mean, like that, that's valuable, right? right. It's like yeah. database yeah. Yeah. like CRM yeah. 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 intelligence. Yeah. Yeah. You're selling my product right now. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So you guys want to come work yeah. for us? We're hiring. I, mean, I see it now. Yeah. I'm visualizing yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, look, you, you, well, how do you do anything today? Jacob always uses this one, but I'm going to steal it. Like when you want to go to dinner, what do you do? You pull up some kind of Yelp or Google yeah. or something. You, Google you, reviews, you, you have yeah. a map-based approach to your search, yeah. spatial data integration, right? That's mm -hmm. the fancy term for that. But what you do is like you look for it and you hone in on what you want. Why is this any different? We have a bunch no. of information yeah. and intelligence curated. You find an area that you like, you click it, circle it, whatever, mm -hmm. you track it in your CRM type approach. The difference is you're, you're, on it. instead of looking for dinner once, you're looking for dinner like a thousand <laughs> yeah, times. Right, so right. now you need to manage the entire workflow. Correct. Totally. And figure out where you're at with this. What's the status of each one of those dinners? 100%. Right? 100%. 100%. So now, hey, I've got some in the early stages, some in due diligence. Right. I've got some that are like waiting on a signature. Okay, well, if that's a old school FedEx packet sitting on someone's dinner table, mm -hmm. just getting dust on it, well, why isn't that an automated document? DocuSign like workflow where sure. I can ping mm -hmm. them and say, here, click on your phone now that you're, you're ready to sell this. And we have online notary and all this mm -hmm. fancy stuff. Like that's not anything that we're doing that's fancy. That's that exists right. in every other business yeah. today. Right? Or even yeah. more not... fundamentally, like before you even get to that point, maybe I'm, I'm interested in something Kyle has for whatever reason. I don't know. I just like Kyle and I want to buy his mineral asset, but something in his life changes. Well, we have all this data now, like, and it can be refreshed automatically instead of buying it, aggregating it in a spreadsheet myself and digging through it. And by the time I see something like, oh, something's changed about him. Well, now it's it's too late. 
But yeah. now it can happen immediately, and now it can come right into my inbox. Like, yeah. hey, you should probably go check on this guy because of whatever reason. So, yeah. so AI is a word that gets thrown around a lot, right? And I hate I hate it for the most part, but like there is a great opportunity that we have now, which is when you mash 10, 15, mm-hmm. 20 different data sets together, you can run some pretty neat algorithms that show you mm-hmm. those potential opportunities. So like a death in a family. Right. Well, uh, as morbid as that is, a lot of times that's a huge, mm-hmm. huge opportunity for a, a, a buyer to come in and, and do some sort of a deal. Mm-hmm. So, okay, how do you know today when someone dies? Well, unless you read the paper every morning in, you know, <laughs> the Pecos Times out in West Texas, you don't know, right? So we can go and aggregate things like death notices and, th- and things from obituaries, compare that to data that we have, and then if it matches, we can flag that as a potential opportunity, right? So it's not reinventing the wheel. It's just helping you move faster by yeah. doing things that seem very logical and practical, but at scale across, you know, yeah. a whole nation at some point. If you've ever been, of, have you ever been in sales or anything where you're operating off of a list, let's say you have a list of 10,000, the, the biggest question is, where do you start, right? Mm-hmm. And so by with what you guys are doing, so you have a, 10, a list of 10,000 mineral owners, mm-hmm you need to identify who is the most likely to Correct. respond, you're, right? You're killing, you know, man, seriously, you got to work for us. So, okay, so... I'll, I'll do an ad for you. Yeah, so there's a, there's a couple things. Like, I I don't like the word AI either. I mean, I'm more yeah. concerned with just I. Have y'all, so heard, like, have y'all heard the I, quote, artificial intelligence happens in PowerPoint, machine yeah. learning happens in Python? <laughs> no, they're, they're to- no, that's totally true. Like, it first, the, to me, there's ways to drive intelligence that you don't even need to get advanced with. And that a lot of that's the spatial data... You know, show it on a map. Can I make this a lot more visually interactive in a way people can search and people can track and understand where things are going? So that's a big piece of it. But also, to your point, there might be certain things that help me understand if someone's propensity to sell an asset or buy an asset or whatever I care about kind of bumps up. And if I'm going to blast an area with mailers or whatever my strategy is, I would probably rather focus on those people in the top 20th percentile of that rather yep. than everybody. Mm-hmm. Just focuses my marketing pipeline. Yeah. It saves me time. You Kyle, know, you brought up the point of looking in like the old town newspapers. And I was in Dublin, <laughs> Texas, like last week, and I was reading the old newspaper, and it's like 10 police reports, seven of them are cattle related. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Bull stepped on someone's foot. <laughs> yeah, I was about to make fun of Kyle and be like, this just shows how old he is yeah. that he yeah. even reads a newspaper. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I was just bored. So, but yeah, you know, you have these major life events, and someone was talking right. about, oh, it was uh, on Twitter. Uh, his name's A&D Bad Boy, and he's a, he's a <laughs> landman, and he was talking about uh, some older guy was dying of cancer, and he had some minerals, and uh, A&D Bad Boy bought him from him, and he said the guy was just, you know, so happy. Um, mm-hmm. he, he was going to take the money and, you know, live his life um, in his last stages, and, um, you know, he, he was happy with the deal. Uh, the oil company made money on the deal, and then some people were giving him flack, like, oh, yeah, how do you feel, you know? taking mm-hmm. taking uh, advantage of other people's misfortunes. And I'm, I chimed in. I said, this is the very ethos of business. The guy was happy with the value right, created. Totally. Yeah. You know, he was able to liquidate his position and get cash and live his life mm-hmm. in his later stages. And the buyer was able to uh, capture some value. So these things happen, right? And they're major life events mm-hmm. and, and usually happen. I imagine this is very common in the mineral space where you have the, the holder passes away, mm-hmm. the minerals get passed down mm-hmm. to the son or daughter, or whoever, right. and they're like, oh shit, you know, I can make 50, 
thousand, hundred thousand dollars here, I'm going to sell mm-hmm. them. So, you know, I, I see that being a big driver and, you know, you can probably see like, I think a lot of people use Facebook data for stuff like that. Like you can see, <laughs> sure. you know, when someone has a major life event. Yeah. So, you know, just pulling in all these different data sources. Right. There's a lot of that out there. And, and even things that are more, uh, less morbid, but more common, like, hey, you have a growing family, you bought a house. Mm-hmm. These are all things that might drive your propensity up or down to sell, mm-hmm. right? Like yeah. maybe you took on a bigger debt burden in a new place you're living and I've identified that and I call you, well, you inherited some minerals recently and yeah, that 100000 is going to make a difference in your life, right? Mm-hmm. So I've helped the buyer find these types of people as well. Yeah. So it, it, it it's all across the map, right? But at the end of the day, you can't do that at scale across multiple assets or multiple basins by yourself. You can't build right. a big enough back office because you're gonna your value that you're gonna create by having that big team is gonna get outweighed by like all of the costs, right? Yeah. And so you got to do it using technology. That's you see the this. End, end you see this day. both on the EMP side and the mineral side. It's like how can we aggregate more assets without expanding our overhead, right? Mm-hmm. And Correct. not just filling up more rooms of people on phones, but how can we make each person that is uh, hunting out um, that on the A and D side? How can we make them more efficient? And I know there's so many people looking at this. Like I told you, my cousin runs that fund. He approached me sometime last year. He's like, man, I know. There's something here. He's like, you know, he's, he's not a technology guy. He's a mineral guy. He's like, but I know there's something here that we can do this better with, with some technology. And then you look at, um, you know, uh, who is that AI, uh, that artificial intelligence satellite imagery company that we'd seen at uh, at one of the conferences? I can't AI, remember. I think it was AI Prime. Yeah, maybe it was AI Prime. And I was, you know, looking at it. I was like, oh shit! And I said, you could use your technology to take satellite imagery and get yeah, ahead of the drill yeah, bit. And he's totally. like, yeah. He's like, we're starting a fund to do just that. And so, you <laughs> I was know, think, so yeah. I was actually I mean, thinking you, about you, that. You see earlier. completions crews moving. You see pad work being done. All these are indicators of future development, right? So mm-hmm. the way I look at that is that, hey, if you want to utilize that as part of your strategy, bring that to mineral as well, right? Like we can have that as one of the inputs. Mm-hmm. that we provide, right? Marrying your data plus our data, like I was talking about right. earlier. And that's right? the so. beauty of the whole thing, I think, it, especially because I had to deal with data for so long that it like fried my brain, basically. <laughs> like, it, Everybody's going to have a different strategy. It's just a facts. I mean, like, even with the public data sets uh, that, that are out there, you will probably think something is important, and I will think something is important, and I will say, you don't know what you're talking about for X and Y reason. Or you do, but we're a little bit different, and we go after different things. But... If you're bringing the data together and you're, you're kind of like mashing it together in the right way and providing these workflow tools, it doesn't matter. Like yeah. you can use it for your purposes. I can use it for my purposes and we can go after and attack these yeah, things. So, way you know, I was attack. talking to one guy and I mean, he's like, hey, look, there's not a lot of he's like, I'm not seeing a lot of opportunity right now in short term holds. But he's like, if you were willing to hold assets mm-hmm. long term, you know, three years, four years, five right. years, whatever it is, he's like, I think there's a lot of opportunity right there. So even though mm-hmm. we have access to the same data, mm-hmm. our strategy may not be the same on the A&D side or how we utilize that. Totally. Data. So there's and different some people ways just that, want to hold it forever. Like that's their, yeah, that's yeah. what I mean, they want to yeah, do. Yeah. And, and <laughs> I mean, as crazy as it sounds like there's a lot of people in this value chain right and from anyone from the ground floor landman that you talked about to title attorneys to a and d teams mm-hmm. to ultimately like the staff that manages it the land administration like after it's been acquired right and we've actually had people come up and say hey that's kind of cool and all but i do x and y and i'm a title opinion firm it would be really nice for me to put my information in a boundary of what I just did, what work I performed on a map and like share that with my client. That's like a value add. So there's just such a lack of map spatial data integration tools that people leverage today and 
oil and gas that it, it almost is like where do you start right like mm-hmm. you said earlier mm-hmm. on the mm-hmm. list of buyers but like, where do we start and that's we've been pretty honed in we have some good information we think on where we want to start but the ecosystem is broad and i think in general like as the generation turns over, we're going to expect better tools across the whole value chain. Yeah. That's funny mm-hmm. when you brought up the point of where do you start? Cause I've had several people over the last couple of years approach me about starting um, a company or a solution for blockchain and mm-hmm. land and title. And I'm like, <laughs> I look at it, I'm like, guys, I just, I don't think this is where you start. <laughs> oh dude, we could talk about, let's, all right, let's just set up another podcast. Cause yeah. we can talk about this all day. I agree yeah. completely. Like yeah. there is a lot of opportunity for that, a ton of opportunity, but you need to understand like, what the standard process needs to be before you leverage in blockchain. So it's like you, you put it all together, you're doing it in a fundamental way and it's working. Now you know, it's time to start thinking block, about blockchain. Blockchain's a phase blockchain. of the evolution, right? 100%. But it's right. not the point of inception. So you're like, okay. <laughs> right. You gotta walk before you run. Yeah, that's right. exactly. You gotta, you gotta, track, you gotta focus on aggregating data, running some, <laughs> yeah. you know, analytics over that. And right. then once we get that, because you look at it, and I'm mm-hmm. just like, man, yeah. I can see more blockchain would disrupt oil oh, and gas, absolutely. land and title. I mean, not just oil and gas, mm-hmm. land and title as a whole, but it's like, shit, we got, <laughs> let's let's take step the first step right. and get to point one before mm-hmm. we think yeah, about point I mean, 10. If you think about it, in 10 years, it's very likely that you search on a map, you do a deal in a smart contract, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. You have different inputs and people that have, you know, some piece of that process. And at the end of the day, the data gets recorded again on a blockchain. So right. smart contract leveraging some blockchain, the actual title record leveraging blockchain, all yeah. this stuff is possible. But if I tried to do that today or we tried to do that today, like it'd be a big failure. Yeah, right? you'd just yeah. be yeah. running in circles. And you'd never yeah, be able to get it. We just have to yeah. go refactor. Yeah. And later. I mean, it's, yeah. it, it's something really you need a standard <laughs> process. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You need a standard process first, and you don't yeah. want to just. Burn and you have to have multi-party adoption of that, right? Right. Yeah. Because if what you I think just, is yeah. cool, <laughs> different states yeah. and different counties, all or different parishes, states, right. different different yeah. counties, different. On, <laughs> you know, both buyers and sellers have to be incentivized. Like everybody mm-hmm. has to be bought into it, right? So, yeah, so, I, I, so, I get excited about the idea, but it's just like one step at a time, guys. So, when did you guys start Mineral? So we started Mineral on paper as an entity early spring 2019 okay. and uh, started fundraising through the summer months okay. and uh, took in the first money end of June and recently, about a month ago, closed out the, the latest round. So okay. awesome. you know, pre-seed round on an idea. Uh, for anyone that wants to try to raise money, that's really hard to do. It's I'll just tell hard. you, it's hard to do. It's, it's hard. really hard to do. Yeah. Been there, done that. Yeah. It's hard. We, we were fun. a bit naive in the beginning. We had an idea of what we thought we could do if we had one, you know, big bang of cash influx come in the door. But we were quickly educated. That's not yeah, how it works. We right? had a good so. pitch, but it, it just we were like, didn't hey, work. four million. That's like half the cost of well. Yeah, we that was our pitch. Is guys, you, I mean, it's half the cost of drilling well. Like it's no big deal. And everyone's like, it makes oh, sense. That, sounds yeah. good, right? <laughs> that sounds good. And then you go hit the street, and everyone's like, you're crazy. You get points for being clever. Yeah. Oh, dude. Yeah. But no, it was good. It was it was a it was a journey. Uh, learned a lot along that process. But we have a great team of strategic investors and people we can lean on to help get us to the next level. So, so right now is it just you three founders, or have you hired anyone with a, the round of funding? Where are you guys at right now? Yeah, so we uh, we have a couple full time people working now awesome. uh, around the Houston Dallas area. But plug uh, here, we're we're hiring. We're looking we front end engineers, data okay. engineers. 
podcast hosts. Yeah, whatever I mean, we can get. Which you understand our products. For so anybody well. who's technical, what's your just talking like? What the fuck's this guy even do? He just sits in the corner talking on a microphone. Why do we hire a podcaster? It's really hard to find developers in oil and gas, yes. right? Mm-hmm. Or it's really hard to even allure them to oil and gas. Right. So what's your tech stack? So actually, that should be something fun, right? It's yeah. modern tech stack. It's uh, for the map-based stuff. It's Mapbox and uh, react react yeah, there you go then we're up in the cloud on azure so not aws but uh azure and we know the stack pretty well it does some good things for us but you just described our yeah. stack there you go oh yeah i mean and we're trying so, to leverage that's, that's the 2019 <laughs> oil and gas tech starter pack <laughs> that's right. Dude, it really is like you make a meme out of it that's right, right. <laughs> so, so it's, it, you know if you're in the development world like that should be some fun shit to work yeah. on right like it's and not it's, legacy it's not grand hat software so yeah. in the in the data challenges we have like anyone that's out there on the data science data engineering side i mean i can't think of a more interesting challenge than to wire together like 15 unrelated data sets and make some sense out of it right? <laughs> yeah i mean anything yeah. from consumer data to like i said you know death death notice mm-hmm. that type of stuff and how that fits into production and valuation i mean right pretty impressive you yeah. got to bring it you got to ingest it you got to clean it you got to wire it all together so like our back end is pretty complex and we do leverage azure and logic apps and all that good stuff it's a lot of it's a lot of fun and then on the front end it's really a lot of react but even that can get complicated because it's it's a challenging design problem in and of itself like how do you build this thing so it works for multiple parties yeah you know like i, I said you, you might have a totally different strategy what's that i just got you a lead on the dev there you go man awesome right hey <laughs> well that took like two work. seconds I man mean, that take me all day it, it, it's you get there's a small right. network of people in the space i just so happen to know a good guy who's looking for a spot well so. look we're, well, we're so open for we. business. <laughs> yeah, look at that. I'll tell you, man. I, that, like, talk about challenges. Just don't forget about me when you're big time. Hey, okay? You, when you guys take over this trillion dollar market. Well, I'm trying hey, to tell you. Whenever like, we need you're, podcast hosts. Yeah, I was going to say, whenever you're like on Good Morning America, they're going to be like, <laughs> exactly. the two dudes from Texas <laughs> down here built this empire of like multi-channel marketing. Welcome to my new show, guys. I got my co-host, Oprah, <laughs> yeah. here with me. Yeah. <laughs> Colin starts hey. clicking on national television. Yeah. Yeah. Right. He's, he's pretty enough. He can do it. <laughs> I don't know about you, Jake. I don't know if you make the cut. So. I, I got to have something going for me because my cooking's no good. So. <laughs> so if someone wants to reach out to you guys, um, well, one, I think you guys... You closed a round, but you'll be doing another round soon, I'm assuming, yeah. right? So. Yeah, yeah. So we're, we're looking to do a round, uh, second round of funding here about middle 2020 timeframe. So about okay. another six months, uh, getting all the stuff in place for that right now and, and moving along. But yeah, the, awesome. the recent round uh, officially closed and making the press release cool. uh, here soon. Are so. you guys, uh, real quick, are you guys ready to um, take on clients or are we still building? Where are you guys at in that phase? Right now, we're still building. Okay. Um, we're kind of targeting into first quarter this year and to really quarter. start rolling okay. this thing out in a real way. Are you starting um, to have conversations? Yeah. So, yeah, okay. Yeah, right. okay. so we've so got we have, beta clients right. lined up and stuff like that. that awesome. We're looking at, I mean, they're going to see the stuff that, you know, in tech world, you're not that proud of, right? Yeah. Uh, they're going to be the first set of eyes on it to give some feedback, good and bad. Cool. But uh, commercially looking, you know, later, later in the first, first quarter or second quarter time before mm-hmm. we can roll it out in a real way. Awesome. So, so if someone is, if, any developers are listening, they want to reach out to you, any investors, how can they get a hold of you guys? Do you have a website set up? Are you on LinkedIn? Yeah, yeah we got a big LinkedIn presence. You can find us on there. Uh, website, of course, drives it to like a info at mineralm1neral.com. M1, let's be very clear about this. Yeah, it's spelled M, the number one, 
and then neural. It's like mineral. Neural. Yeah. Neural. neural. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So we'll include uh we'll include a link to y'all's uh, website awesome. in our show notes and then uh we'll it's pretty give... skunk work still. So you see it and you're kinda like, What the hell do these guys do? You that's know? What, so, and that's hey, what we go for. So that's what that's what we like. That's how <laughs> yeah. you walk into our podcast studio and it's like this is it. This is, <laughs> that's where the magic happens. <laughs> so gives us some kind of mystique, you know, and you look back mm-hmm. on it and uh, you guys will you guys will be proud of what you built. So thanks for coming on the show, guys. I'm excited to see. Well, thank you. I'm excited to see the progress. Hopefully we'll have you on sometime within the next uh, six months to a year and get a progress update yep. on you and be, uh, I think you guys, you know, you're on to the, the right idea. So Awesome. Well, thanks again, gentlemen. It's been a it, great time. Yeah, it has been great. Thank it's you. It's super exciting because we have seen the market validation before we even knew you guys were working on this. And so now to see the two kind of come together it's a space that i'm super excited about so i think you guys are gonna do really well uh it's i wish the the third third buddy could be here good luck to you in florida hopefully we'll catch you guys in the next <laughs> we one we don't feel that bad he, for you don't feel that bad he's in tampa right <laughs> yeah, now exactly. out, so. <laughs> all right guys uh i hope you enjoyed this episode we're making it really easy to leave reviews that helps us more than just about anything. Uh, so in the show links, if you go to reviewthispodcast.com forward slash digital wildcatters, you can review it on whatever you're listening to. Uh, that just helps us get and kind of get up in the rankings and get more exposure to more people in the industry uh, so that we can keep doing what we're doing. We love you guys. Enjoy your 2020 and we'll catch you in the next episode. Come, 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 come.